Ralphie Mark Podcast Show Bad Karma Chapter twenty six Mark whispered She's gonna get in trouble if Mum and Dad find out. He stood in his sister's shadow while she brought a corn dog. She loved corn dogs and Mark liked salt watery taffy but which to Tressa was always buying for him. When she had a corn dog and a fish, she passed him four wrapped up pieces of taffy. I don't care if she never finds us, finds us again, Tressa said about what Mark thought of. What Mark thought of as a haughty princess voice. She's, she's rhymed with rich. Which? Mark, Mark asked, not quite getting it. Which? Mark asked, not quite getting it. He opened a wrap and popped a taffy in his mouth. What do you think she's doing down there? He pointed to the alley between the shops. He didn't, didn't look down because it grossed him out to see Jenny and that boy together. What were they doing? Mum says it's called canoodling. It's something that grown-ups do. Only not to, only not on a, not on company time. And Dad's paying a lot to be with us. Even though I'm not, I'm too old. I need a sitter. Trisha took Mark by the hand and led him over to the arcade. I've got six quarters left. I'll give you three. Keep three. I want to play Street Fighter. Mark liked video games a lot, but the dark arcade scared him a bit, a little. It practically had no lights inside it except for the game machine. He didn't like all those types of games either. They were all about attacking people, car races. He liked the Hong Kong game, Donkey Kong game, where they, where they had at home, but he couldn't find it on the island arcade world. He watched Tressa go over to a street fighter game. He wandered around between the machines. There were only a couple of kids hanging out there. They seemed a lot older than him. He decided he didn't want to play anything. He put the quarters in his pocket and went back out into the sunlight. Jenny was at the end of the block. She didn't want to detract her attention. So he tried to hide between the dresses in front of a shop. But it was too late. She saw him and shouted for him a bit. Shouted for him. He stepped out, out the slanting sunlight. Mark began walking, slowly towards her, his head down, in his pockets, in his, his hands in his pockets. Jenny quickly subbed out a cigarette. Where the hell have you been? She, she had a look in her eyes like a crocodile. Mark thought she was pretty, pretty, especially in the, in the eyes, but not when she was in a mood like this. We've been waiting for you. And where are you supposed to wait? She said, grabbing him by the hand and jerking towards him forward. We just went to the arcade. She dragged him back to the arcade and got out got out of the sun. She stood inside among the clanging and beeping machines. Jenny squawked down to I lie over with him. I'm sorry, Mark. Greggy, I was just worried.
I know. We should have stayed near you. You're just saying something goodbye to Tommy. He thinks you're both real nice, real well behaved. You don't, didn't tell your daddy about this. Won't tell your daddy about this, will you? The pretty look came back into her eyes. He breathed a silently for a moment. She looked like a monster now. All she looked like was a pretty girl who babysat him. No. Promise? He nodded. He wiped his finger across his chest. Cross my heart and hope to die. Stick a needle in my eye. Jenny Reed laughed. That's cute. Stick a needle in my eye. God, that's so cute. What the cutest thing? A terry. That's Terry over here. There. Jenny, let Matt lead the way to his sister. When he reached her, Teresa half turned and said coldly, Oh, it's you. Listen, woman to woman, Jenny smiled. You understand about boys, don't you? Teresa said nothing. On the game screen, one of the players kicked another in the head. Cartoon blood splashed out an opponent's face. Only two, only two, left you two for a second, Jenny said defensively. Teresa was out of quarters. I don't need a babysitter anyway. Just because my parents think I do, I hide you doesn't mean I need one. That's right, Jenny agreed. You're old enough, so if you folks ask, tell them I ran to the ladies' room or something. Teresa struck her nose at this. I don't lie. If my mum and dad ask me, Anything, I'd tell them what, that Mark and I were a fine all day long. Cross your heart, Terry. Mark poked at his sister's back. I hope to die, come on. Jenny chuckled and opened her purse, looking for something. Hey, it's not so bad. I'll give you some more quarters. Hush, money, Teresa said to Sainsley. She held her hand out. Mark knew that this about his sister. She didn't lie, but she could be bribed. She liked money and what he could buy. Teresa took several coins from Jenny and then crossed her heart to steal the bargain. There were things about Jenny that Mark hated and the things he liked. Whenever her mood shifted to anger, she was a nightmare. But when she was like this, giving out quarters and giggling, he liked her. You know you had the prettiest eyes, like blue marbles. He told her. He felt something himself blush him, because he sort of had a crush on her. He just wished he couldn't make, smoke cigarettes or kiss that boy. Then he sighed. You're an angel and good for my ego. I'm sorry for ta- ta- taking it up, taking off like that. I won't do it again. Cross my heart. Hope to die. Stick a needle in my eye. Friends? He nodded. He squeezed her tight. A squeeze of a hug felt good. Even though his mother and father hugged him a lot at home, on this vacation, they both seemed kind of wound up to him. After two more games of Street Fighter, Mark saw his parents out on the street. Hey, we're over here, he shouted as loud as he possibly could. His mum grinned broadly, broadly when she looked over to start, start when she looked over startled, startled in the direction of, of the shout. His mother tugged at his dad's elbow and pointed to the arcade. Mark noticed that his dad seemed worried. His dad looked away that that way when he, Mark felt when he was afraid to drive in the swimming into the swimming pool. Chapter twenty seven. So much of life is unplanned, and yet it often seemed to work out the way it seemed to. Angus Hatcher 
pulled the car off the road. After she noticed a patrol car behind her, the patrol car followed her into the Walmart parking lot. She parked out in one of the spaces, but was only slightly apprehensive. It'll work out, she thought. It's meant to work out. It was the first time yet so well outside in years, and even the air was something of a shock to her. But she behaved as if she was a woman who owned the car. Quickly, she had to behave as if she was just stopping off like anyone else might do, away from work. Peterson parked his car behind her. Angus opened the door and got out. There's a jacket in the back seat. Although it was warm, she drew the jacket over her shoulders in case there were any blood on her blouse. This policeman was lanky, young, possibly in his mid-twenties. He had blonde hair and tan skin, blue eyes. He was very handsome. She wondered what she, it would be like to have him on a table. She wondered what it would be. She would need to remove his body. That would, that his essence, his driving force. He grinned. You ta, you it's got its bad tags. He said, opening up the ticket box. Can I, can I see your registration? You could, Angus said. Only it's not my car. His eyes widened a bit. The friends? He nodded. The co-workers. I borrowed it to run out and got. Get her some new hose. She has an important meeting. She has run has run in her hose. And he said each word as, a, as if a man could not understand his, his problem. Well, tell you what, tell your friend that she's got three months, that she's three months late. She needs to get down to DVM in Pronto. Okay? The policeman nodded. She could tell he was flirting with her. It felt cold when people did that. It felt as if they were standing too close and trying to peer into her outside her eyes. But she knew that that was people light. The animals in them doing their main native dance circled round, waiting for a moment to press their sweaty bodies against yours. She smiled. Are you just about the nicest cub I've ever met? You met a few? Angus started. Oh, I like cubs. You know, you ever go to dinner with them? She giggled. You're embarrassing me. I feel like I'm trying to pick you up or something. I'm not that kind of girl. I'm far too old for you. I'm 28. You're in your 30s, right? Not much of an age difference there. He stepped step closer, pressing his right hand out. Ah, Ricky Hunt. She took his hand de- delicately. She noticed the veins in his forearm. He was well muscled. Muscles can be difficult. Unless the cutting instrument had a sharp, straight edge. Ricky Hunt, she repeated. I'm Kathy. You live near around here? Just the other side of the freeway for a moment. Angus wondered if she'd meet the cop was part of her destiny, but something went wrong about that moment. Felt wrong about that moment. Well, I had to shop and get back to work. Can I tell you I don't, I don't really like to give... Can I tell you I don't really like to give out my number? I understand, the cop said. He scrawled his name and a number across the ticket and passed it over to her. Give me a call soon. Hello, huh? She smiled. Yes, I will. She walked away from him, feeling more like a little nervous. She f- might report the car tags to his dispatch, and then the other state might already have reported the cold woman's death in the stolen vehicle. Angus didn't look back to see if the cop named Rick Hunt was writing anything about anything down. She just knew that she would have to get away from this area of Riverside, California, quickly. She was going to fulfill her destiny. Inside the store, she had found what she needed.